It's Friday night, and the sexy Brian and Pete duo are here again to talk about comic book media. And we got oh, so much better every time. What's that? The the gets better every time. Yes, yes. Well, dude, I think it's because there's like such an overwhelming amount of shit to talk about tonight. I don't even yes. know where to get started, man. We are covering the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. We're going to cover the Suicide Squad trailer, and we're going to cover the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. Now, Brian, you watched both Justice Leagues this week, didn't you? I watched both Justice Leagues this past week, yes. Oh, I, it, interestingly enough, I was more interested in seeing the, uh, the the theatrical Justice League cut after watching the Snyder cut than yeah. I was to watch either of them individually in the first place. Wow. Because I just, I just needed to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I've been dying to talk to you about it because I know you never saw the original – and uh, I'm, but I'm dying to talk to you about this Falcon and Winter Soldier episode because yes, oh my god, episode. so good, so good. I don't even know where to begin. Like, um, let's let's we'll go in order. So mm -hmm. right off the bat, we are seeing what uh, John Walker's life is like as Captain America, right? And dude, wasn't he just like Kurt Russell reborn? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, although, uh, I, as as someone uh, I know pointed out, uh, some we both pointed out, it's just weird to see him without a beard. Like I'm so used to seeing him with a beard all the time. Yeah. Why, Russell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, there's an image of him where you know it's the very end of the last episode, and his kind of his chin looks weird, right? But yes. in this, he looked like way cooler. He didn't look as much of a dweeb. He looked kind of badass in this one. Absolutely, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I really liked how they gave us a view into uh, a view to his perspective. Uh, I wasn't quite expecting that, and it kind of made me reconsider how I think his story. Well, it made me briefly reconsider how I think his story is going to play out in this, these six episodes. Yeah. But I think ultimately, I have an idea of where it's going to go. Yeah. In the comics, like, you know, he, he becomes U.S. agent and his whole story, he's kind of an unlikable character to begin with. And then he, he becomes a character that a lot of people are fans of, like over time. Like there's a lot of characters like that in comics where they're sort of made as a foil to begin with, but then they become some of people's favorite characters, you know. And uh, his story is pretty compelling. He actually has like an ongoing title out right now. I think probably a time with the show. He does? I, I have no so. idea. Yeah, I think he's got like a big name writer on it, too. I just don't know who it is. Interesting. I'll yeah, check yeah. it out. So anyway, uh, so we see we get a look into his life, and he's got his own sidekick too. He's got Battlestar, and I yes. bet you hundred bucks Battlestar is in the comics too. Yes, he is. Yeah, I did not know that before. I did not know that before watching, but I I, I did look it up afterwards. Yeah. So my other uh, co-host that I you know message with and stuff, he was saying that this was a good episode too. He was not bored, and uh, I think his main reason why he liked this one so much was because the chemistry between Bucky and Sam was so good. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. And I think just I I, I appreciate now more uh, this week that they weren't together last week. I know I said last week that I wish they were together already, but yeah. I get it now. They needed to show the past they were on before coming together. And although they kind of came together very abruptly in the very first few seconds of the show. Yeah. Uh, and it's all based on seeing, you know, the uh, the, the premiere of the new Captain America yeah, um, it, it it really worked well for me. Yeah, yeah. What I like about this episode so much is it's like the interactions. They're not exactly the way you would expect them to go, and like the motivation behind each character is kind of different from what I was anticipating. Like the bad guys with their story, totally different than what I was thinking. 
the way that Zemo comes into this episode, totally different than what I was expecting. Um, and then this special cameo appearance they have at the end of the episode, totally unexpected too. Wait, the cameo at the end of the episode? Well, it wasn't like a cameo. It was like, oh, look, it's this character for, for oh, guys yeah. like you and me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's like cool because like you and I, we just sit here and we talk about this stuff and we kind of anticipate it. But then like, you know, the execution is, is different from what I was expecting. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it threw me off, of course, a little bit from my general expectations, but I, I honestly do feel like I have a really good idea of where this is going now and yeah. how they can finish it up in four more episodes. Okay, well, did you think that the power broker was going to be in this at all? I did not. I, 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 did, I didn't even know who the power broker was before this, or yeah, I yeah. known very, very little. But yeah. obviously, to me, like, that's the villain. The power broker is the villain. Yeah, and you know, obviously, the the, the flag smashers are, were sort of a red herring in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think is really ironic in a way, or maybe maybe it's a coincidence. I always get those screwed up. Uh, <laughs> that the, the leader of of the flag smashers is uh, the same girl that played uh, Empress yeah, Nest in, in the Sol in Solo. Yeah, who, who was also kind of misconstrued as a villain, and it's like, oh no, we're kind of like rebels in a way. Although it's a little little. Not as clear here uh, that they're good, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually like that dynamic a lot. They had like this whole like explanation for the way the world was because of the blip, right? And they mentioned uh, it's the GRC. I'm trying to see what it stands. Ah, shit. Where yeah, I remember that? hearing the GRC. I didn't look it up either. Yeah, it's like global something something. But essentially, like th there's like a whole organization that is trying to get the earth, the you know every the citizens of the world back on track, right? And yeah. the flag smashers are against them, and they're opposing them because they think that the world was better, but you know, during the blip time. Yeah, and they even have their own little mantra, which is like "one world, one people." I think. Uh, yes, that's yeah. right. So I'm I'm all on board. Like that makes them a lot more compelling, you know. Yeah, it, it seems to make this more into like a um, you know, a three person battle rather than just you know, good versus evil sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much more like shades of gray. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then the, the main girl, the, the one they were calling like Robin Hood, her name is Carly Montegro. And I don't know, I didn't recognize her from the comics or anything like that. So, so the, the actual character of Flag Smasher from the comics is remember it was, a, it was an individual character, not a group. Right. It was Carl Montegro. Mm. Yeah. So they did a gender, gender swap or maybe it's a daughter or something. So, yeah. so that, that is a, that's the comic link there. Yeah. So, um, did you, okay, so first of all, like, uh, Red Wing gets smashed, right, by the, one yes. of the Flag Smashers, right? And it's just, like, the, the whole setup of, like, them infiltrating the base, and, you know, Winter Soldier's ready to go in, he's like, there's two guys, and then uh, Falcon uses Red Wing to see there's actually, like, eight people there, and I just, I really like the way the two of them interact, and their, their two personalities really show. In this yeah, this episode. this is the Marvel version of the buddy cop. I mean, like they they tend to do a different genre with almost every set of movies, yeah. and this is their take on the buddy cop. I mean, I, I don't know when they're going to run out of genres. To <laughs> yeah, right. There's not too many more. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do. Just as a little tangent, um, one guy on YouTube, uh, his name is Patrick Willems. He was saying that like there should be a movie where superheroes are hunted by like a character like the Predator, like not necessarily the Predator. But like a superhero horror movie where they're they're taken out by like a being like the predator, wouldn't that be freaking awesome? I mean, 
just give us Days of Future Past X Men, <laughs> like real Days of Future Past. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sentinel can be taken out. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So, um, let's see. As far as John Walker goes, um, I thought that maybe he was going to have some kind of secret so uh, super soldier serum or something like that. But it turns out he's just like a badass to begin with, right? He's got three medals of honor. Uh, he tested off the charts and he said that he has guts, right? Yeah, I think that's a whole PR move. I mean, clearly that was in an interview on, uh, what was it, Good Morning America. Good Morning America, yeah, yeah. Which was a little corny. Um, but yeah, 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 totally. I, I, obviously that's a PR move. I ultimately do think that he has been altered in some way. And I think that their excuse for knowing where uh, the, the, the flag smashers were, that they hacked into Red Wing, yeah. I think that would be. I think that was bullshit. I, I think they, they, they are somehow related to the power broker. They got they got some kind of power from them. Oh shit! Black okay. Panthers stole stole whatever you know experimental super soldier super soldier serum. God, I can't say that super soldier serum. That's hard to say, man. Uh, they, <laughs> they clearly they stole something and they want it back or they want revenge for it. Um, I, I think that the power worker has also given them some abilities. Maybe it's not as apparent. Maybe they're hiding in some way. But the, the way I'm, I'm seeing it is that, you know, point A is Falcon is not Captain America. And the end of the show, Falcon has to be Captain America. So yeah. there has to be some kind of twist or, like, I don't think they're going to kill John Walker or anything like that. So I no. think he has to be either disgraced or hurt or something. Something has to be... Something is up there. It has to be. Yeah. Because we know that at the end of the show, Falcon has to be, have the Captain America suit, which I've okay. seen from a toy. Oh, dude, I was going to say spoilers, and then I was going to say that, but you just spoiled it right for everybody. Well, right? well, we were talking spoilers the whole way anyway. Spo yeah, spoilers, everybody. So now you know the end of the right. show. Falcon becomes Captain America. But yeah, I saw that freaking toy, too. Somebody just tweeted that out, and I'm like, okay, that well. Looks, that it looks fantastic. In oh. it, it, it's like... It doesn't even look. I mean, I love all the MCU costumes, but they're all sort of alterations. But it doesn't look like that at all. It looks like it's straight from the comic page. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it looks better than it looks in the comic. Yeah, yeah. Like his wings look cooler, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, let's let's do a bet. Let's do a bet, right? Um, yeah. Let's do a bet on how John Walker stops being Captain America. I say for me, and you can pick the same thing if you want, but I think that what's going to happen is he's going to choose to step down he's gonna say like i'm not taking the shield and he like publicly steps down that's what i say i think it's gonna be taken away from him because he was up to some shenanigans okay all right that's what i'm saying and, and and the funny thing i mean the other thing i'm basing this on is that from the trailers and all it's very possible they just filmed something for the hell of it and it's thrown in there and it's not yeah. actually going to be on screen but you see that there's a shot in the trailers where sam is throwing the shield at, at like a tree somewhere trying to practice the the shield bounce thing yeah and you see bucky catch it that has to happen at some point and it can't be at the end like it can't be at the uh, very end it's got to happen sooner or later so he's got to get the shield back i'm okay. not gonna say next episode but it's got to be by four the earliest five the latest whoa okay 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 i like this bet if i win the bet i get that unicron behind you no yes yes and, and if you win you could have like uh i don't know you could have my puppet that I made out of a shoe, toe flop. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I probably spent about as much money as you did on the unicorn. Oh, oh, I just knocked over my beer. All right. Anyway, um, let's get back on track. Funny shit. Androids, aliens, and wizards. I love that. 
Yes. I actually like that they both said it too. Yes. I thought it was a nice, nice thing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but then it's like, how many androids have they fought? I mean, they just have Vision and Ultron. Uh, Ultron. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, is there has there been any other robot guys? I don't know. I don't think they've been other robots besides Ultron and, and Vision. And then, uh, oh, you know what was great too? Was that moment when they're going to jump out of the plane and the guy's like, oh, it's 200 feet. It's too low for a shoot. And then Bucky has to like jump out and he just like crashes through the trees. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got that on video. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love I, that. The, relations, the antagonistic relationship they have is fantastic. It, it's great. It's the basis of every great buddy cop movie that they, they start off, you know, kind of I mean, they, they've already obviously already own each other, but they start a little rough around the edges, and they kind of get you know more on the same page as it goes on. Yeah, and it was like legitimately laugh out loud moments. Like that was funny. Yeah. But then also that one part when uh, I think it was Sam, he asks John Walker, he's like, "Have you ever jumped on top of a grenade?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yes, four times. Like that's kind of my thing." <laughs> I thought that was, that was hilarious, man. I liked I liked what after. Uh... Uh, when Sam and Bucky are walking on the highway after the the fight with the flag smashers and Red Wing gets destroyed, he's like, uh, he's like, I'm sorry about Bucky. Says, I'm sorry about Red Wing. He's like, No, you're not. Right, right, right. <laughs> like even with like the bad guys, I mean, they had the Robin Hood girl, the one that from that's from Solo. The guy like brings her into the house. He's like, Oh, we love you. You're so great. He's like, We have the finest chicken livers. I, I just thought that was funny too. You know, it's like, thanks. Um, yeah, that scene was interesting because it was kind of humanizing them because they're they're kind of on the run and they say they have they have support of some people in places. So it's like you know, like that guy wasn't like it doesn't seem like an evil guy. He seems like a nice, hospitable person, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's contributing to that gray grayness of those characters. Yeah, and it was in uh, Munich too. It's kind of interesting because like some of the countries in here are like legitimate real countries, you know, whereas like. Sometimes they do fake countries like Wakanda or other made-up things. Madripoor, Liberia. Right, right, yeah. We haven't got Liberia yet, unfortunately. So we are kind of dancing around the part that probably excited you the most, and I think it excited me the most, too. Yes, you know what absolutely. I'm talking about? Yes, Isaiah Bradley. Hell yeah. I didn't think it was going to come that quick. I know. I'm not, I'm not totally sure how all this ties in. I mean, maybe this is ultimately the source of this second – Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was great to see that. And I'm so happy they have this character in there. Clearly, there was Eli Bradley as well, uh, who is, you know, Patriot in the Young Avengers. So my prediction is still on track that we're yeah. getting, you know, a new Young Avenger every season. Answered the door, you know? Yeah. They just didn't really show him. That was awesome. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Because like you said, it just felt like it was too early for this kind of scene. Like, I'm thinking, yeah. like, that's like a scene that they show – post credits on like the last episode or something it's like in the second episode yeah so i mean he has to come back they have to come back at some point because that's a very that's a that's a hanging thread as far as i'm concerned so we should probably explain for people that aren't like comic book people like yes. what we're talking about so uh do you want to do this one because you're, you're oh sure yeah so uh this is what was it early 2000s or so uh there was a comic called um truth red white and black and it was about a, a black captain i almost said superman black captain america um, and it was basically, you know, as we know, Captain America, uh, you know, got the super soldier serum and then the doctor that created it was killed shortly after. So they only had that dose. That was it. And they weren't able to recreate it, but they tried. And, uh, they, this is, this is kind of like a twist on a real, real world event. Uh, but they took, uh, something like 300 African-American soldiers 
and experimented on them. And Isaiah was one of the few survivors of the experiments. And yeah. he had Captain America-like strength and abilities, but he was kind of more kept out of the public eye. Yeah. Um, and he was more, uh, he was around during uh, World War II, but he was more active in a, in a different war, I think. I'm not really sure. I think yeah. in this, they mentioned, was it Vietnam or was it the Korean War? I don't remember. He yeah, mentioned, they mentioned a war specifically. Yeah, I can't remember which one. I should have wrote, wrote it down, you know? Yeah. Um, he said that he met Bucky in 1951. Okay. And, and he said that he ripped off part of Bucky's arm, too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's that to me. As far as I know, that's that's new. Like that didn't yeah. happen. I don't think they met, but uh, it, it's an interesting way to connect it. Um, and it, it's also it's it shows that you know while Bucky was under the influence of that brainwashing, like he was still aware and remembers all of this stuff. So yeah, um, it, it's a it kind of adds to his guilt and an, um, you know amendment list. Yeah, but essentially, yeah. Yeah, this Captain America is this. Second Captain America was, uh, you know, went, uh, went on a mission. I, th I think he stole Captain America's uniform, and then he got captured during his mission, and then they were, they put him in jail when he came back because he stole Captain America's uniform. I'm going to imagine that they didn't do that, and uh, he's going to be in prison for some other reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but yet, exactly. But um, Yeah, because he did say that he had his ass in jail for 30 years. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and then it was interesting because they said that like people checked up on him while he was in jail, and he alluded to the idea that like Hydra came and checked up on him. Yeah, that was interesting. I'm I'm curious how that'll play in here. Yeah, well, I mean, see that that was what was really cool about this episode was that like Hydra, the presence of Hydra was felt like throughout this episode. They referenced yeah. Hydra in that one scene. They say that like Hydra kind of checked up on him. He he referred to your people, but he meant Hydra for Bucky when he was the Winter yes. Soldier. And then um, at the end, they were like, well, you know, who knows Hydra the best? And they, they thought Baron Zemo, right? Yes. So so I, I think it's kind of cool because, like, Hydra played such a big role, especially in Winter Soldier. That was, like, the biggest part that they yes. played. You know, so it, it's good that, like, they're referencing them. Because in the comics, just Hydra never goes away. They, like, Hydra always kind of comes back. You know, you cut off one head to grow back yeah. in its place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then also just, I wrote down that they met in a bar in Goyang. I don't know if that's like Korea, because then that could be the Korean War then. Uh, yes, it could be. Or, I mean, I remember hearing that they're going to name drop Madripoor somewhere. Oh, okay. In the show. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a town or city there. I'm not really sure because it's, Madripoor is a country. Right. Um, so, I mean, it could be there, but that, that particular location didn't ring a bell to me. Okay. Well, you know, that scene, before we move on, that scene, I liked it because it wasn't just like a throwaway scene. It wasn't just like, oh, let's throw in this character from this other Captain America story, or let's build up Young Avengers. There's also commentary in that scene. There's a great scene where Falcon walks up and the kids are there, and they're like, oh, it's Black Falcon, right? <laughs> and he's like, why, because I'm black? You call me Black Falcon? He's like, what are you, black kid? Like, I thought that was great. And, and then um, besides that, th there's this great scene where Bucky and, and Sam are having this fight argument in the street and the cops pull up and they go to like arrest Sam and they treat Bucky like he, you know, is this innocent yeah, guy. Yeah, is, is this man bothering you? Right, right. Yeah. And it's so ironic because Bucky's got this cyborg arm and, he, you know, he worked for Hydra and yet, you know, they yeah. go after the black guy, you know? 
the irony is clearly at play there, and it's interesting because that that's like the second uh, the second instance in this show so far. You know, previously we had the the bank scene in the last episode, which we really didn't talk about much last week. Um, oh yeah, basically yeah. it it it's sh- it's showing the plight of African Americans, and um, at, at times I feel uh, it's a little like heavy handed. But I think ultimately what they're building towards is, is that this is going to be the basis for him wanting to take on the mantle of Captain America. He yeah. wants to prove that he's good enough and that the people and that, that you know, African-Americans have someone to look up to. Yes. And I think, I think that's going to play strongly to uh, pull together with, you know, with further episodes. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that like the way that he was talking about it in this episode, he was actually kind of almost like alluding to the fact that because he was African-American, he had like reluctance to pick up the shield. So yeah. I think that that'll be his arc where it's like, no, no, I want to be this, this symbol, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was also visibly angry when he like, why didn't you tell me there was a black Captain America? Already, yes. you know? Yeah. 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 I like that when he was shouting. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, I mean, uh, our fight. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that brings up this other scene, which is just kind of this fun scene. And maybe people that are into the action, they're not going to like it as much. But there's that scene where they have to go to the therapist to get, right? Like, like Bucky gets arrested. Oh, funny scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got some great moments, other good buddy cop moments. But um, this one part that I really loved was that Bucky gets mad at Sam and he says, Steve might have made a mistake on you. And if he made a mistake on you, then maybe he made a mistake about me. And I, yeah. I really like that. I really like that. I was not expecting that too. I mean, I we knew he was mad about him not taking it. I mean, I, I think we I might have assumed or like subconsciously that he was mad because he didn't take it and he thought he should have had it. But right. clearly, I think this this is what really, was really the the bottom of it. And uh, you know, I think that works much better for an arc for him. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's a lot deeper than I thought this was going to be. And I, I'm yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean. The, uh, I don't know how much more. Ultimately, I'm trying to think like where this, where it ends. You know, I, I mean, other than other than Falcon becoming Captain America, yeah. Where does it end? Where do these characters show up again? Because if okay. he becomes Captain America, he's got to show up somewhere. You can't just you can't just close the door and that's it. You know. Yeah. Uh, you could potentially say maybe maybe Bucky rides off into the sunset and goes back to Wakanda or something. Who knows? But. Sam has to show up somewhere else. So, where where does this does this leave him as a, a kind of rogue Captain America? Is he officially a government sanctioned Captain America? Yeah. And then where what is the thing the the current Marvel project that we know about? Where does he show up? Really, really good question. Really good question. I think that like you know you know I've been speculating about Young Avengers, right? Like we're saying like oh this is all leading up to Young Avengers. Maybe there isn't like an active Avengers team even leading up to like a young Avengers movie, right? There's no Avengers team. And so like maybe there's no Avengers, we need to step up, right? And maybe he kind of serves as a mentor for Patriot and tries to kind of wrangle in the other Avengers, the young Avengers. But um, maybe what happens is after young Avengers, maybe some of that team gets incorporated into an Avengers team. And it's kind of like this one Avengers team that I referenced last episode, which was like uh, Falcon is the Captain America, he's the leader. Right then, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Obviously, you can't have that, but maybe you'll have uh, Riri Williams as Iron Heart, right? Or or, or Rhodey as War Machine, right? Um, and then it had, I think Thor was on it, Vision was on it, and shit, maybe Doctor Strange. But it also well, had. Come well, on. This was Jane Foster Thor, correct? 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they, they have her, too. She's going to yeah. be in the movie, too. So, like, you could totally do that team, and maybe they're going towards that team, you know? It's interesting, though, is because this show is happening now in 2021, and there is not an a official, officially announced Avengers movie on on schedule. Yeah. And they've announced up to 2023 or even 2024 at this point, I think. Holy I mean, and, and also it's getting pushed back again because, you know, uh, because they shifted all the movies back a, a little bit again. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's just really – I'm really curious to see what, what, what happens. But I, I really like where you're going with that and the idea there. But I think at the same time, he needs more – Sam needs more of a leading role in something. Uh, I feel like that would be more as a like supporting character. If it's a Young Avengers movie, it's going to be about the Young Avengers, and they would be supporting characters to that. I think – he deserves something where he's a little more in the front, front okay. line. Well, okay, so what about this? You know how there's going to be a fourth Thor movie, right? We kind of think of these things as, as tri uh, trilogies, right? But then all yep. of a sudden there's Thor, Love, and Thunder, right? Well, maybe there's going to be a fourth Captain America movie, and maybe Sam is going to be Captain America in it, and maybe Bucky will be in it as the Winter Soldier, and maybe it'll be like another big Marvel event. I don't know which one it would be, but yeah. like Sam would be the main guy. You know? Yeah, but again, it, nothing is nothing that is announced. So mm -hmm. I mean, that could be a real far way off. Which is, a, I mean, that's going to be a three to four year wait, which seems really weird. Damn, uh, yeah. I mean, so far, I, I I like the chemistry with these characters so much that I I just I I hope we see more of it in some form. Like I, I know they've said there won't be a season two of this. Yeah. I get that, um, but I, I hope that that this buddy dynamic. It happens again at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any Marvel project that's like it's a placeholder? It doesn't have like a title or anything, or I, is it all like announced? I, I'm pretty sure it's all announced. Like I don't think they even have any placeholders at all. And yeah. if they did, if they did, it's like you know everyone thinks it's just like X Men or something like that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's the thing. Maybe like Avengers is kind of diminished, and like now they're gonna move forward and try to get like Fantastic Four to kind of rise up. Maybe X Men. True. Very true. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're, we're going off on some tangents there. We still got two other freaking huge things to talk about tonight. Yep. So are you ready to go into Suicide Squad? Switch gears. All right. All right. So this, I I love this freaking trailer, man. I thought it was great. great. Yeah, yeah. Who who is the standout person in this trailer for you? Oh man, that's such a tough question. I'm actually going to say. Um, <laughs> Peacemaker, because that line about uh, yes, yes. Um, I, I I am not like super familiar with John Cena from wrestling, like yeah. people that would know him are. But um, I I have seen a bunch of movies with him in it, and I think he has some decent comedic chops. I mean, like oddly, the the one thing I've seen him in that I didn't think he was that good in was Bumblebee. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I thought he was a little like I don't know overacting or hammy or something, sure, but sure. like. What was that movie? He was in some comedy. Um, He's in a whole bunch. He's in like that Blockers movie. Yeah, Blockers. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. He looks really good in that. I, I didn't see that one, but I, I saw him in like um, that movie. It was like uh, Stepfather or not Stepfather. Like there's that movie with like uh, Will Ferrell and Mark uh, Wahlberg, you know? That, um, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Step I can't remember the name. Yeah, he's in that and he's funny. And then like, yeah, I've seen him in some other shit where I was like, oh, he's good. Yeah, no, he's got he's got some good comedic chops, and I appreciate that. And and it, I mean, there was a ton of funny lines in this movie, and it looks like, 
you know, it's it's humor in the DCEU done right, you know? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um, everything landed well, I, I think, in the trailer. I mean, uh, we can kind of see, you know, that there, there are two teams at play here. I mean, one is probably going to be an opening scene and they're all going to die. Right. Uh, and then the second team is going to be, you know, the more permanent one. Okay, so that opening team, and you're saying, like, uh, the team's got, like, Captain Boomerang. It's got <clears throat> Pete Davidson's character. What's Pete Davidson's character's name? Don't remember. Uh, it, I know we, we talked about it when we watched all those trailers that day. Uh, it, but it's I, like super like dramatic, right? It's like like black piston or something, right? It's like black uh, something. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Like black knife. Or, he's got some like r ridiculous like '90s kind of name. Um, yeah, yeah, but like they show Captain Boomerang and they show him for like a second, and it's like you guys are so gonna just die. Like, yeah, right. and I think actually, I think I remember calling that out that somebody, somebody from that original team where the original movie had to die early on, and I, I think that's the only reason he was brought back was to die. <laughs> okay, wow, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna find that clip in our, our, our uh, uh, you know, when we did that, talked about that, uh, you know, over the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the DC Expo or the convention thing. Yeah, yes. so um all right, uh, black, what do you call it? He gives it his blackguard, sorry. Blackguard, okay, oh, all right. I, I like black piston better. What am I, I do too. or something? No, yeah. it was like a pause uh, for a second. So. Okay. Uh so anyway, yeah, it looks like you know, uh what's his face? Uh Michael Rooker, right? It looks like he's gonna get taken out right away, and like uh, Peter Capaldi, it kind of looks like he's coming in like later into the movie like maybe they find him somewhere and like recruit him on the spot and then he Not probably right. dies because like at the very end it looks like rat catcher 2 right because I'm, I'm assuming like maybe her dad's rat catcher or something yeah. rat catcher 2 and um uh uh blood sport blood sport which is idris elba and then um holly quinn like it looks like they make it through the whole thing yeah and polka dot man uh polka dot man yeah. yeah. And then um, I had something to say. And then King Shark. Yeah, yeah. King <laughs> Shark was alone. He was so. Sylvester Stallone is King Shark? Yes. Is that crazy? Oh, my God. I knew he was in the movie. I didn't know he was playing him. Yeah. So they, they, they kind of like, they told us who was playing him. Like, you know, he's, he's just doing the voice, right? Essentially. He's not actually doing the motion capture, it's just the voice. Yeah. But yeah. that was a, a, a surprise. And I, I didn't even realize it. Like, I saw James Gunn tweet it. Like, oh, yeah, uh, that is Sylvester Stallone. Like, that is awesome. That is awesome. I love that freaking scene where the guy's, like, guarding the base, and he just sneaks up behind him and says, num, num, and eats him. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's worth going to see the movie just for that. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I kind of like – I don't ever recall in the comics King Shark being a humorous character, but I feel like they're slightly taking a little bit of a page from the Harley Quinn show where he is very much a humorous character, and he's voiced by Ron Funches, who's a comedian. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, it seems like they'll, they'll blend a little of those together, which I'm, I'm totally fine with. Nice. Yeah. I, like King Shark is like one of the more current uh, Suicide Squad members, right? Because yes. like when, when the first movie came out, they, they made like that team that's in that first movie. And then I think that they were kind of gearing towards this movie. And now he's become a major member. Harley has been around since basically the New 52 started up again. And um, what do you think of Harley in this trailer? Uh, I, I think that, I think that she was great. Uh, I mean, the scene where she just walks outside and they were trying to rescue her, uh, and she's just like, oh yeah, hey guys, I'm here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, like the scene with Peter Capaldi. You know, she starts running off with the those you know weird weird threats. It it works. It just it works. And I I am excited to see um, you know James Gunn's vision of these characters. And because uh, I mean clearly we we like his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that like with uh, Michael Rooker? Because it looks like they show his like sort of initiation into the Suicide Squad, right? And he's real serious. And it looks like, you know, maybe we're going to see it from his perspective of, like, joining the Suicide Squad. Do you think that, like, it's going to build them all up and then he's just going to, like, die? Like, it's going to yep. be this sort of, like, ironic thing? Yep. Yeah, like, because um, Michael Rooker is a frequent James Gunn collaborator. And I think, um, you know, I think the, the Guardians movies, he was more of a supporting character. He got a little more of a main role in the second movie. But right. he was he was meant to be a minor a minor role. And, and then it kind of, that kind of grew. So I think, for the most part... He's he's just there for an appearance, and he's going to be dead within 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, there's a big reveal at the end of the trailer, too, right? Wait. I'm forgetting now. I'm getting everything mixed up now. What was the reveal at the end of the trailer? Uh, Starro. Just showed oh, up. yes, Starro. Uh, yes. And so, uh, a friend of mine made a, a comment about it's funny that they they made a kaiju joke in a movie with the guy who says we're canceling the apocalypse. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, your friend's clever. Yeah. <laughs> like sorrow isn't usually used in that kind of capacity. He isn't like this big monster that like knocks over buildings. You know, yes. just for people that don't know what the hell we're talking about, sorrow is this giant starfish that makes like little copies of itself and it goes on your face and like copies you. Now I don't know. Like we talked about this before. Like. That Marvel will actually like change the footage in their trailers to hide things, right? Yes. Maybe the soldiers and stuff that we see in these this trailer, maybe they actually have like sorrows on faces, but they've taken it out in the trailer. You know, it it could be. Although it seemed like it was being used more for a comedic effect than a threat. So I mean, I, I don't know what who the villain is in this. Uh, I'm not really sure yet. Okay. Well, um, it looked like maybe this like general guy was one of the main targets, right? They showed this one general. Um, I wrote him down too, but they're in some sort of like it looks like maybe they're in like a South American country, and yeah. they've like infiltrated the country, and they, they do a close up on this one like general's face, and he's listed in the credits too. So I'm thinking he might be like the target, but then there might be like a, a bigger supervillain behind it. That's what like, I'm figuring. Yeah, yeah. And then did you notice like when they go to rescue Harley that like no one's really wearing their costumes? They're all like in their underwear and stuff. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> well, so I don't know. Ford just has his helmet on and then like a polo shirt. Yeah. yeah. Bright yellow, like button down shirt. And I got to yeah. say, um, even Rick Flagg was funny in the trailer. Like he was kind of like, you know, like the uh, like the stick in the mud in the in the first movie, sort of, you know, because he yeah. was the, like the, the government guy. He was actually funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I dude, I totally agree. He's, yeah, he's probably gonna get killed though because they don't show him. You know, like it doesn't look like he makes it always the end. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Because it looks like it goes in like phases. It looks like there's a ton of people in the beginning, and you see like little glimpses of people. Then it looks like we get to this point where there's like it, maybe they split up or something. But you have like Idris Elba, Idris Elba, and the Ratcatcher girl together on a bus. And he's like, I'm gonna get you out of here, and then. Um, then, like at the what is probably the very end because it looks so epic is like Harley and Polka Dot Man and Bloodsport like jumping, right? Yes. So I, I think that like you're just gonna sort of like lose people along the way, kind of like a 
that that's what this seems like is like it seems like one of those big action kind of horror movies where you have like a big cast of noticeable character or you know standout characters and then they just kind of get whittled away you know kind, kind yeah. of like um like a deep blue sea right because that's got a shark in it or like <laughs> aliens like you know where you have the, the marines it's just like you, get, you have this big batch and then you just like whittle it away you know i uh i, I mean considering the first movie i they only they only killed one guy or two guys they killed one one very early i don't even remember who his name slipknot slipknot yes they killed yes. Slipknot early, and then and then um was it el diablo or el diablo uh i think it's el diablo and then he was the only only other one that died in the movie so i think um i think that they're they're gonna get all the deaths right off the bat you know all of them and then there'll probably be one or two like they're not gonna kill they're not going to kill Harley. They're not no. going to kill Idris Elba. No. They could kill Rick Flag. I don't think they're going to. I think they'd be making a huge mistake to kill King Shark. Yes. Uh, and then Polka Dot Man is probably a pretty good guess for someone who's going to die during the movie. Uh, it seems like Ratcatcher too might be sort of a love interesty kind of thing. Yeah. So that could go either way. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, some people have to make it out, and I think I think we'll we'll have more people of that second team surviving than not surviving. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I I am super excited. And when, when does this come out? Oh God, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Uh, no, that's not that's not the right date. Because I don't think it's part of this whole like um, uh, HBO it Max. Is. It, is? it is. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dude, freaking Godzilla versus Kong comes out in a couple of days. Well, yeah, on a Wednesday too, which is weird. I know. Um, so Suicide much stuff. Squad is August sixth. Oh, okay. We got a while. Yeah, we'll all be vaccinated by then. Okay, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> well, I'll be watching it, man. And uh, so then it brings us up to our last thing that we're going to talk about for tonight. Okay, so this is the thing that for some people, they've been living their entire life to see this movie, right? <laughs> they've been like furiously campaigning. They wanted this movie to become a reality, and it finally has. I'm talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yeah, so I mean you have to give them credit for their persistence. You know, the, like this, this started off as a joke. It started off as like a rumor and a joke. And it, you know, years later, it actually happened. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen ever again. Um, no. But like, it, it is, it is like amazing that it actually happened. Yes. So let me ask you this, as someone who has seen this, the Snyder cut first and then the Whedon version, what did you think of the Snyder Cut just seeing it as it, its own thing first? How did you feel watching it? Okay, so I have to preface this by saying that I, I think that uh, I, I find I, I don't get the devotion to Zack Snyder from a lot of the fan base. Like, I, and I like some of his movies. I don't like all of his movies. I, I really like Man of Steel. I love his Dawn of the Dead. I even like Watchmen. But, like, you know, Sucker Punch is terrible. And... <laughs> um, and I didn't really like Batman vs Superman. I think ultimately that is really the root of the, why I of the problems I have in this movie. Yes. Um, so I thought the very beginning of it was like like way was way too dramatic and serious. It's just way too much. Um, yeah. The, the two things I have to call out specifically is literally every time Wonder Woman is shown, there's that like like female choiry sound singing every single time. To the point where I would laugh every time I heard it towards the end of the movie. So I, I kind of came into this scene like, oh, this is like super pretentious and it's like way too over serious. Yeah, and yeah. 
uh, and then the other thing, the other scene too, and this wasn't serious. It was it was actually really really weird and cringy. Um, the Flash introduction. Oh, like, you didn't like that? No. Uh, first of all, I thought I thought his his little scene there as Barry Allen was super annoying and off putting. I don't think about I don't I and I think that's only for that scene. I actually really liked him in the rest of the movie, but that scene I found him very annoying. Wow. And the hot dogs. Why? It's like why? Who the hell thought that was a good idea? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like everything you just said, we're like, oh, this is me. We're the, we have the same brain, right? But I I love that scene. Really? Interesting. Yes. yes. I thought there was a little like a little stalkery too. It's like you know he was doing yes. a superpower thing and he's running. He's just like staring at Iris like this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then he moves a hot dog. I don't know. No, no yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. The hot dogs, it's a little ridiculous. You know, it's definitely some phallic <laughs> stuff, you know. In, in uh, Suicide Squad, we're talking about like an island full of dicks. There's the hot dogs, just dicks just flying in slow motion at everybody, right? Yeah, see, when you, when you throw it out there and it's a joke, it's funny, but it's like when you're trying, when this, this movie is trying to be as serious as it is, it yeah. totally takes you out of the, the moment of it. Well, well, because you said you like you know you texted me while you were watching it, and you were like you had an issue with the song choices, and I kind of feel the same way, right? Yes. Like, um, so we're gonna go into the weed and cut in a couple of minutes, but one thing I wanted to bring up about that one is it starts off with a Leonard Cohen song, right? Now I I love Leonard Cohen, right? But I do not associate him with superheroes. I think that that's, that's like about my, my wife just walked in and said that's a sin. I just part, you know, she's always not throwing two cents in her videos that she's not in. Sorry. But, yeah, no, no, it's okay. You didn't make the movie, so you don't have to apologize. It's okay. But anyway, like every song in this Snyder cut of the movie, I don't think there's one song that I recognize, and it's just like very pretentious. Yeah. It, it, just music choices alone. It's like, you know, what are you doing? Very folky. Like, um, it just doesn't fit superheroes at all. And, um, so yeah, ultimately I I came into it and I, I felt it was like just too much. But some somewhere along the way, along the four hours, like by the end of it, I was like, I kind of enjoyed myself. Like I actually glad I watched this. Okay, thank you. Yes, I good because that's the way I feel too. Like I I you and I the sentence you said before where you're like you like Dawn of the Dead, you like Man of Steel, and you even like Watchmen. That we're, we're on the same exact page, and I don't like Sucker Punch, and I really did not like Batman versus Superman, Batman yeah. v Superman. Um, but with this movie, I was like, oh, this is significantly better than the Whedon cut, and I like this, and I feel like it would kind of rank high in the DC movie list for me. And the thing is, though, is that it's not like it's not like a really high bar there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't actually I don't I don't know where I would rank it, but I know it would be higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I totally agree there because I mean, I I almost I went into this watching this just to almost for a laugh because I thought it was going to be just a joke and it it wasn't it wasn't a joke it was actually like pretty good for especially considering like you said the low bar for these movies uh, so far. Yeah, uh, the, the the fight scenes were really good. Like yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I can kind of see why they were trimmed down and all that, um, but it's. It's it's it was it was interesting. Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? With the Snyder Cut, I, I know that this is wasn't what they were intending to do initially. They weren't intending to make it four hours long to go in a movie theater, right? So they added all this stuff, they padded it, right? And and the thing is, is that they break it down into these chapters, and that makes it feel so much like a comic. 
it feels like a mini series, and yeah. it's it's like Watchmen. It, it feels like Watchmen, you know, where there's these different chapters and these different characters that you focus on in these little vignettes. And like Cyborg is a thousand times better in this cut. The Flash is a thousand times better. Aquaman is better in this cut. You know what? I, I'm going to actually disagree with you a little here. What? So, <laughs> I, I apologize. I am going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, so in terms of Cyborg, Cyborg had a much more complete arc in this in the Snyder cut. Right. 100%. He had so much more screen time. So much yes. more focus was on him. Yes. I, I can absolutely see why Ray Fisher was pissed. Um, but I oddly found him more likable in the theatrical cut than I did in the the Snyder cut. So he had he Cyborg had his justice done in terms of his character arc in the Snyder cut, but I liked him better. I liked how they explained his powers better um, in the theatrical theatrical cut. I, I, I one of the things the problems I have with the Snyder cut is again it is too super serious. I feel like they're treating everybody as like a god and i i just mm. i i, I kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit mm-hmm. so i like that that um in the theatrical cut cyborg is his powers are evolving and he doesn't understand it and he's kind of growing with it as, as he goes along this one is like there's this whole uh monologue by silas about how you can do this and you're amazing and nothing can stop you in this you're a god of technology is ultimately what he's trying to say and right. i and i i mean the, the 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 battles between him and his dad were better were better here absolutely because there really isn't as much of a conflict in the theatrical cut no. and it makes the sacrifice that Silas made in the in the Snyder cut that didn't happen in the theatrical cut all the more worthwhile right but I, I honestly I liked Cyborg better I thought he was more likable okay in the theatrical cut okay that's interesting. <sighs> With the theatrical cut, and we can kind of start to talk about the theatrical cut now too. With the theatrical cut, it's like the characters don't seem as smart. They seem like they make s- stupid mistakes, uh, and they seem like they're kind of hokey. And I know that that's because Joss Whedon was trying to inject humor in it. Like I keep trying to yeah. think of like what was his direct goal? Like what was he trying to do with his version of what Zack Snyder had filmed? And like, clearly they wanted to make it look brighter. I mean, it, it's all a reaction to how successful Marvel was at that moment and how poorly Batman I mean, versus Superman was received, right? Yeah. So it's like, let's make it brighter. That's have jokes. That's to be shorter, right? And so they cut all this stuff out, and the stuff makes it better, like the extra stuff. But I feel like with Cyborg, I, I see what you're saying. It's like he's not this omnipotent, awesome character. It's more like... He's a guy who's trying to figure out what the hell's going on with me, right? I yeah, like that approach. It, it works. It works better as an origin. Yeah. And uh, like, like I said, I, it really rubbed me the wrong way that they treated everyone as like these godlike beings, especially Superman too. I, I think there's a little bit too much like Superman is Jesus in this in oh. his movies, like way too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, but I mean, overall, I, I would say. Uh, I, I didn't mention Flash and Aquaman. Um, Flash is like, again, they. I don't know how to say this. Go ahead. <laughs> I, um, Flash was much more comedic in the theatrical cut, obviously, and I think it worked a little bit. Uh, like, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Most of my face reaction. Most of the jokes in the theatrical cut just were awful and fell horribly flat. 
but a few of them were okay with Flash, and like maybe one or two with Aquaman. But for the most part, all the jokes they added were god awful, especially Batman. Like that was disgraceful. <laughs> so, like, okay, they, so you're saying in the Whedon cut, the jokes are disgraceful? Yes. Okay. No, okay, okay. Well, okay. No, the, the jokes that involved Batman, like Batman trying to be funny, the movie was disgraceful. It is yeah. horrible. Like this is wait, he's like laying there. He's like. Oh, I think I'm bleeding or something. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that is really bad. And, yeah, yeah. And honestly, the, the jokes about Aquaman's powers, like, do you talk to fish? Like, no, you didn't need to do it. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's just been beaten to death. The, um, the worst joke in the Whedon cut is the brunch joke. I, I like almost left with that brunch joke. The brunch show. What was like, the brunch we're, joke? We're like, Flash is going to join their team. He's like, what is brunch? It, it's like you wait a line to have lunch. Like he, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. so bad. Oh my god! No, I, I like, like I said, I, I think most of the jokes fall flat. I think a couple of with Flash landed, like okay, yeah. a couple of the jokes, and like one or two with Aquaman, maybe. Yeah. I and in terms of Aquaman, I think I like the a little more macho bravado that he had in the theatrical cut. I think, like yeah. he's, Again, he's too super serious. Yeah, in in the uh, everyone is too super serious in the Snyder Cut, you know. Um, and, I agree. And, and I think that the, the the character that comes out the best in the Snyder Cut is by far Wonder Woman. Um, they they did a disservice to her in the theatrical cut. Yes, yes. Um, like first of all, that they, they cut out that in that scene uh, with with those weird terrorists that were just wanting to blow stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did you cut out that scene where, where the little girl asks, you know, can, can I be like you? Like, why why cut that out? I yeah. mean, I, I get cutting a little bit of the the, the the action in that scene up just to shorten it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like, I don't know. It, it's I, – I, I like how they portrayed Diana in the Snyder Cut way better. A thousand percent. Like, when, when she has to go into the little crypt area to learn about – dark side and stuff i think that was great it just adds expands on her role everything with like the amazons and themiscira even though the scene is very similar it, it's it's drawn out it's it's better um the whole act practically in, in the snyder cut you know it's a whole chapter that that history scene you know right right and that history scene is better too uh we see aries in that history scene and of course dark side shows up too um, which you know just improves that whole sequence. Uh, I, and I have a whole thing to say about Dark Side too. But what I will say about the Snyder Cut versus the theatrical cut is that, like, it was clear that they were trying to focus with, on Batman and Wonder Woman in the Whedon cut, right? And in this cut, it's it's much more like every single character has their own section, and it's an ensemble, and that makes it a lot stronger. And, um, like, I was surprised at how much of the Snyder Cut is in the Whedon Cut, right? Like, I thought there were going to be scenes where I'm like, oh, there's no way that this, like, this had to have been added on. But then it's not, you know? It's like, Yeah, I mean, well, well, they, they dig up Superman. I was like, come on, this must be an added thing where they have to, like, dig up Superman to bring him back to life. There must be something better in the Snyder Cut. You know, and then it's just like, no, no, they did that. And then, like, in the sequence where they're fighting Superman, one of my favorite things in both cuts is when Superman's got everyone, he's holding them off, and Flash mm -hmm. goes to, like, run behind him. And he, oh, yeah. I love that when he looks at him 
And, yeah. and you see, uh, that's one of my favorite things ever. My, my kids will watch that clip and just burst out laughing when they see that. You know, <laughs> you, know you bring up an, an interesting point here too, is that um, I have a list of pros and cons for both of the, both versions here. And I, and I said, I could actually show the theatrical cut to my five-year-old son. Really? I would not show the, the, the Snyder cut to him at all. I think it was a lot more uh, violent and a lot grimmer. Uh, yeah. And I don't think it, it would totally make sense. Not that you should be showing a five-year-old a PG-13 movie anyway, but right. we've already established I'm a terrible parent. So. <laughs> uh, well, well, let me ask you this, though, because like one scene that kind of baffles me that they added in the theatrical cut is that scene with the parademon in the beginning of the movie. Because it's like they have this parademon just to kind of explain that Batman is building a team because he's kind of aware of this like alien invasion. That scene is so awkward in the reading cut. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I mean, also, I, I mean, the, the parademons were much more menacing in the Snyder cut. Like, yes. like they were kind of scary. Yes. And they're, they're a little more jokey in, you know, the, in the theatrical. Yeah, and well, speaking of those power demons, like the whole thing with the Russian family in the Whedon cut. Yeah, um, th that was weird, and I think it was just—I I mean, like Flash had so much more to do in the Snyder cut, and yes. I think because they wanted to cut that out in some way, uh, they needed to have him do something and yeah. get it out of the scene, and and that's why that's there. It's just so, so Flash can save them later on. Um, other than that, it's completely unnecessary, and, and there's no reason to to do it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird weird things in these movies. Right, right. Um, well, but, okay, I want you to do your pros and cons thing. I'm going to make one last point. Do your, you're going to do your pros and cons thing, and then I want to talk about the end of the movie too, because that's real important too. Well, I mean, I, I, I've pretty much gone through most of them already. Uh, you know, in, in the course of this conversation, um, the other thing I'll say too that I really liked about the Snyder Cut was um, Lois and the scene with. John Jones or, yes. you know, Martha Kent, uh, you know, however you want to look at it. It's it, that was incredibly jarring to watch the theatrical cut afterwards. Cause it, it's like, it, it's so, it, it's like, it's almost depressing. You know, it was supposed to be more lighthearted. It was depressing because it's like Lois is just like a, a shadow uh, of, of her former self in a, in a not good way. Like she, she's a shadow of her former self for, you know, the right reason in the Snyder cut. Yeah. Grief. Um, and, and they really played that played that up a lot. Like she, she was, you know, sad the entire movie. But it, it was just like weird and forced, and and the theatrical cut, and it was like a really bad scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like all the stuff with her and Superman and Martha Kent is bad in the theatrical cut. Even with the beginning scene where like Superman's on the phone, like they have little footage of Superman on the phone. When yeah. they bring him back in this, it's so much better. And when he like literally returns in the final battle in the Snyder Cut, that's way better. Like when the, yeah. when uh, what's this? Uh, Steppenwolf goes to bring the axe down, and Superman just gets it on his shoulder. I love that. That was great. Yeah. Um, now that brings me to another thing I wanted to ask you about is you know how do you feel about Steppenwolf and and Darkseid and the switches they made there? So the first thing I have to say is that obviously the the CG for Steppenwolf in the Snyder Cut is way better. Like it just looks better. But right. I don't like the design. I mean, I don't like the theatrical design either. But the theatrical design is more comic accurate because he looks more like that. But like, and the Snyder Cut, he just kind of looks like a generic monster in this very plain-looking armor. Like, I, I wish it was a little more distinct in some way. Yeah. But the actual animation of it just looked 
vastly superior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like his design either. Um, in the Snyder Cut, he kind of looks like a potato that's, like, wearing a shredder, like the shredder yes, for, like, food. Yes. Right, right? And, and his face is just, like, a little too, like, his eyes are kind of too big. But I, I actually don't like the um, Whedon version either because it, it, it kind of looks like Liam Neeson, like, just like a giant Liam Neeson does, walking around, yeah. right? Um, but in general, I liked all the apocalypse stuff, and I really like that last shot of Dark Side on Apocalypse. You know, yeah. So, uh, good. Yeah, I really liked all the stuff with Dark Side. I like that we saw Desaad a few times. I like we saw Granny Goodness. That was yes. all great. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a little torn as if, if in the in the the history battle, if it should have been, you know, uh, what is Dark Side's name before he's Dark Side? I can't um, remember. Uh, it's like you. It's like U Usad or so, I don't know what the fuck his name is. Yeah, it's something. It's something with the U. I, I, yeah. I'm torn as if if I I liked it was Dark Side in the past or not. Right. And I'm kind of baffled as a like. I, I mean, in in the comics, there are not just three mother boxes. You know, there are more than that. Yeah. It, it seems to me like they, there are just three. Yeah. And they kind of left them there. And then they just didn't go back for 5,000 years. It's like, they know they're there. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't they go back and try again? So I almost feel like uh, it was weird to see Darkseid get defeated, even though he wasn't Darkseid yet. He was pre-Darkseid. Right. I, I almost feel like maybe it would have been better to have that be Steppenwolf again and him coming back. But still, like I said, the time gap is so odd to me that yeah. they, 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 it's they're making it seem like these are the only three there are. And they need them, yeah. and they just left them there. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one question. I, I wanted to like post this question on Twitter. I was like, I don't get it. So they use these mother boxes to go to other worlds and conquer them, and they've conquered thousands of worlds. Then all of a sudden, they lose all three of them, and Darkseid says, it's not that big a deal. Let's use the old ways. Prepare the armada, he says, right, at the very end of the movie. Yep. And, and it's like – if you only use these thing, if you use these three things to go conquer worlds, and that's your main thing is to go conquer worlds, like why are you leaving them on Earth? Like you said, you know, and like how long does it take an armada to get from apocalypse to Earth? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. This this kind of sucks because I actually have to go do another show uh, <laughs> that I that I have it in like two minutes, literally. But I actually really wanted to talk about this more. Maybe. Like when we do Falcon and Winter Soldier, if people are cool with it, we could just keep talking about this a little more next time. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, because there's – Watch it by then. Oh, yeah, all four hours. Jesus. No. No, no. But, dude, we really need to talk about the end of this freaking movie. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I got to go jump on this other show. But, Brian, as always, dude, thank you so much for doing this with me. Anytime.